Heaven Hiya. Heaven hi and welcome to the long delayed Rum Doings podcast. What episode Nick's are fault, we? Nick's fault, Nick's fault, Nick's fault. John's fault. What episode are we? 203. The topic today is instead of building high speed two, shouldn't we just fix those potholes? <laughs> That's a good point. It is a good point. How are you? How are you? How are you? 5am again. Oh, aren't you a martyr to your son? I know! I deserve a a parade. (laughs) You do. But still, he's a Christian now. He wasn't a Christian when we last spoke. I'm afraid that's not how it works, Nicholas. I read your your tweets. You took him to church. He got the special spell. You got the special spell, and now he's a Christian. He didn't do the special spell, because we're not at an Anglican church. He's not christened. It was a dedication. Dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever, so it's not that different. (laughs) He doesn't get... he, He gets a choice in this system. The choice is he can either accept Jesus and have your and your community's love... Yes. Or you can reject him, be down forever and be uh, expelled from your community, mm-hmm, rejected mm-hmm. from home, excommunicated and never spoken to again. Ideally. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a very free, it's a free choice. Yeah. Very can finely balanced. to make the choice now so that he and, his, and, and accept nonsense or silence as no. Yes. And then excommunicate him so I can get a night's sleep. What is it with your child and his sleep? I know, I know you. I know you do rather over egg the pudding because you are like the most uh, unique, most unique parents ever, and your lives are just terrible. And you have an opera, but still, I mean, is there something? I do enjoy how you you decided we were going to do that before we had Toby. We haven't done it, but and that to annoy you, but you and have. Therefore, we're doing it anyway in your head. <laughs> you are doing it. You are you are post. You are both posting things on Twitter that had I or anybody else done it. When you were childless, old John would have been furious. This is totally... Sorry for kicking the desk. This is totally your imagination. It is not totally my... I remember how judgmental you used to be about parents who posted about their darling child's peccadilloes. No, I... You you were furious. I can't... I cannot think of a single example of such a thing. Indeed, I think the very few times that... Judith posted as a rabbit. You got very angry. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Not Parents just that. Pretending to be their children, posting on Twitter. Yes, I'll continue to be angry at that. And if I did that with Toby, then you could ju- truly judge me. But no, that's not what I'm doing, and that's not what's happened. When last did Toby post to Twitter? He's he's yet. To, I think he did get my phone and start banging at the buttons, and so I just press send. I think that's the closest he's got to. All right. What what should we do about Syria then? We've been speaking about it for years and we just haven't come to a conclusion. And this podcast is supposed to solve problems like that. So what do we do? I think we should drop Toby on them. (laughs) Just keep them all away till five in the morning until they're just exhausted and stop. Um, That's right. No, what should we do? Go on. Tell me what to do. Doctor Who says that they should all sit around a table and talk. Oh God! Is it? Is it? Is it? Has it become all Russell T. Davis again? I haven't. I haven't watched the, this or the last series, but I did on Saturday evening flick through the channels and see Doctor Who, which is his name. His first name is Doctor, and his last name is Who. Yes. Um, saying, "Oh, you silly naughty people! You must sit round the table and talk, not have a war. And then you're only going to sit round a table and talk at the end of the war. The only reason you have wars is to." I think yeah, that's not true, is it? That's not the reason you have wars. No, and also uh, I imagine that those people suddenly realised, hey, you know, he's got a point. 
I don't know. I didn't stay long enough to find out. I'm glad that you finally realised that it's just no good. <laughs> yes, I, I think as as would be evidence, if anyone were to, able to scroll back through my Twitter archive, they'd find the incessant praise I posted. No, it's not. It's not praise, but it's hope. <laughs> it's worse Hate. than praise. It's it's hope. It's uh, hope. I, it's hope that one day it will live up to to your well, expectations of it, and it just doesn't. You're disappointed was, by it. I think and, and you shouldn't there be disappointed were two by it. Or three good episodes in Davis's time. So come and say it properly, Russell T. Davies. Russell T. Davies' time. Remember, we got rid of his T, if you remember, Russell Davies. <laughs> Russell Davies. Um, the, and I think two of the three were written by Mr. Stephen Moffat. Uh-huh. Um, and so when he took over the show, there was good reason for hope. Who knew that he was going to have flushed all his talent down the wee-wee hole? Yes. He wrote Press Gang, you know. Did you know that, Nick? Did you know he wrote Press Gang? You know? and, and not only do I know that, but we discussed how I didn't think that Press Gang was that good. And it irritated, it irritated me at the time because I yeah. actually were, I, I actually was helping to edit a, uh, our school magazine. And the hell of just editing one edition per year was enough to drive me crazy. So the notion that these children would be producing a newspaper in between going to school every week was just ludicrous. So, yeah, I, I it irritated the heck out of me. Um, Ghost I in- once drove a car uh, Did you? quite a long oh. distance. And so when I see these programs about spaceships, they get really cross. That doesn't work. That's, that's bad. Hang, hang, st- hang your... Pretend! Hang your, pretend! No. It's not I, a documentary! Hang your head in shame. That was terrible. You're terrible. Is your head hanging in shame? Your mum's head is terrible. Yeah, talking about that terrible heads, go to BBC News website at the moment. Oh, George Osborne's creepy, creepy face. Yeah, they they have chosen that. <laughs> on, they have chosen that on purpose. With his, he's doing the evil eyes, looking to the side with his uh, eyebrows in the uh, evil furrow. But he's doing a cheeky grin with it. It's horrible. What does that face say to you, though? It says to me, the devil, the devil, it's the devil. The words of revelation are coming true. But that's the sad thing, is that the BBC chose that picture. That means that they're very biased. No, I think they chose that picture because he looks untrustworthy and smirky. Yes, but they isn't that naughty of them? Shouldn't they have just chosen a more neutral one? I like. I much prefer it when it's a pedo story and they pick a picture of the person looking really, either really happy or really naughty. Oh, John, it's a pity. I've just looked at the most popular story on oh, the yes. BBC website and I've just realised this should have been our topic. What happened to passenger hovercraft? <laughs> it's too late now. It is true, but they, they, there aren't... Uh, are there any any more? Are there any any more? I don't know. Remember, they used to be used to be able to take a, a hovercraft um, across the channel, like in the. Well, actually, I was going to say, like in the year two thousand, it closed in the year two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Reverted to a boat. Do you remember when hovercrafts horror- are cooler? Hovercrafts are cooler. It's sad that they just didn't catch on, isn't it? Hovercrafts, Concords, what else? Yeah. All the other cool things that uh, Toby won't be able to experience when he grows up, like I don't know, free university education, NHS, Concords. Eh. Yeah. How was your holiday? Exhausting. Where did you go? I know you we seem went... to be going on holidays every week. 
That's right. My second holiday this year. A four, three-day trip to Wales. You are decadent. Delicious. I know. <laughs> yeah, Wales. Actually, I say second holiday. I can't remember. I think we we haven't... Left, Fourth haven't, holiday. Certainly haven't left the country this year. Sorry, you, that doesn't mean you're Apart not on holiday. Apart from when I went for, to San Francisco for work in March. Yeah, but that, that doesn't mean that it's not a holiday. I mean, you went to the amazing geodesic dome that is Centre Parks that goes across the oh, whole... Oh, that's and... right. I'd forgotten about Centre Parks. Didn't I? That's my holiday. Yes, that was actual holiday. That was good. No, this was a nice time. It wasn't in, that uh, good. Yeah. We went... Centre Parks wasn't, but the time was. Yeah. Um, we went to a cottage in Wales for three or four days with uh, some friends and their two kids. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. And it was no, it was it would no. They were nice. Okay, well, it's quite interesting to hear how you're going to damn this with vain praise without being offensive. Anyway, off oh, you no, go. You see, that's on your marks. Get set. That's go. what I'd assumed was going to happen. I'd assumed it was going to be like awkward. Turns out oh. Toby was the problem, and their kids were fine. Toby's always a problem. Toby did not adjust uh, well to daylight savings. He shouldn't be adjusting. He's just a play-doh. He woke up at four thirty every day. I think you're putting him to bed too 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 early. What time should we be putting him to bed? About nine. <laughs> no. Well, okay, then he'll wake up at four or five. So it's your own. It's your own faults as ever. Well, and and when should we have? When what should? Uh, no, you're insane. Nine is far too late. Well, if you want him to wake up uh, later. That's what you'll have to do. And until then, you can play your, oh, we're going to put him to bed at 6.22. Fine. It's up to you. It's up to you. He, uh, Toby's, Toby's given you a very clear signal that if you put him to bed at the ludicrous early times, you put him to bed so you can pretend that you're still single parents having a glass of wine and watching the telly. That's wine, fine if you want to play well, that no, game. wine is disgusting. Yeah, as also, are babies. Well, I'm, I'm loving the term single parents. Yes. <laughs> Where did I go in Wales? I want to find the name of the place. You went to Santa Not quite. That was that pronunciation was abysmal. Better than yours. It genuinely isn't. It is. Go on then. I can't. I don't know the words to say. Exactly. It, but my so, my so. pronunciation is a darn sight better than yours. You didn't know the words, therefore your pronunciation was. I've heard my father say them many a time. And yet you can't remember a single part of it. I remember Gogogoch. Go, go. We went to Kill Mary. Gogogoch. We went to kill... You're rubbish at that. We went to Kill Mary. Did you kill her? No, which is a tiny little place near Bullith Wells. Why do you go to Wales? You're not You're not welcome in Wales. Oh, half of you is and the other half isn't. Exactly. I'm half of it. A quarter of Toby's welcome. Hmm. Um, I went there because the place we stayed was was, the, was spelt... P W L L G W I L Y M, which I believe is pronounced. Pronounce it the way you would pronounce it if it were an English word. I haven't. Oh, would uh, it? Oh gosh, it almost sounds Welsh when you try. Pilgrim. 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 Okay, and how was what was Pilgrim? It's a, a, a few co- holiday cottages. Yeah, I hate holiday. Very nice. Ah, that's suddenly made it seem better. I know. Um, yes. And okay, here's the good thing that happened when we got there. Yes. Um, we arrived and I emailed my dad saying, we're staying in Kilmary. Do you know anything about the area? Because obviously he grew up, he grew up in Aberystwyth. Yes. 
and um, so knows Wales a bit better than I do. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, wondered if he had any recommendations of things to visit. So, of course, my dad being my dad doesn't reply with recommendations of places to visit. He says, oh, that's mm-hmm. where um, that's where King Llewellyn was uh, killed in 1282. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> that's my, and that's just, so the, that's my dad being my dad. So, um, of course. Uh, which is brilliant. I say, okay, well, we'll we'll take some time travel and go and see it happen. <laughs> no, that's Thanks. a way better response than oh, there's some boring old fountain. I'd much rather know that ha- yeah. happened a thousand years ago. Anyway, um, so uh, we get out the car and we're met by the man of the man and wife who run the man uh, and cottage. wife man and wife. You see, mm-hmm. who run the cottage yards, mm-hmm. and he was a proper. I like angry Welshmen. They're my favorite. Yes. Yeah, he was a proper angry, well, angry Welshman, and he saw angry, Toby. Hungry angry Welshman. Welshman, and he saw Toby, and he said, "Have you seen the man up my tree?" Oh God! And I was like, "What?" Uh-huh, right. And then Toby burst into, "Come and see, come and see the man up my tree." So he went around the corner, and yes. in the tree in the back garden, out of the stump had been carved a statue. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Oh, is that King Holland? Is that?" King- is that Llewellyn, then? Yeah, sir. Sorry, uh, are, you clo- are you clearing your throat? Is that King <laughs> But I went, oh, that's, uh, that'll be uh, Llewellyn, then. And he went, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, he died in 1282, didn't he? I look like the cleverest man in the whole world with a piece of information I'd learned about three minutes earlier. And did he thank you for that? information or no, he, did he all, he told me the story of how he died and or was he, he angry at your cultural appropriation he went he was uh the Llewellyn, Llewellyn went into uh, a church on without his without he was lured into this place mm. and he went in without his sword and shield and stuff and when he came out the english murdered him and that was mm-hmm. the fall of wales to the english in 1282 good Uh, what do you think of the notion of cultural appropriation and the uh, distaste therefore um be more specific please well you you lot you social justice lot Uh are have decided that cultural appropriation is no longer allowed so when you start enjoying or incorporating something about somebody else's culture into your own culture Mm -hmm. um that's verboten because it's called appropriation and it's insensitive in other words every culture has to be exclusive exclusive and effectively every culture has uh, you has unique and exclusionary copyright over its own cultural entities, and nobody else is allowed to partake thereof without written permission and paying a license. Effectively, well, that, in that cultural makes terms. a lot of sense. If if uh, the end result of doing that is that no one gets offended, yeah. Because imagine if someone got offended. Try to imagine it. Yeah. Close uh, your eyes. No, stop. Close your yeah. eyes and imagine someone's getting offended. You know this. Oh, that's not nice. Is this it? is this is the, the, the this is another example of how the the left is just doing the right stuff worse. <laughs> it know. used to be it used to be that people like Mary Whitehouse and the right wingers would would constantly be worried about being offended. Mm-hmm. Now it seems that it's a leftist shibboleth to be offended. I, I just I don't understand where we are. It used to be, of course, that in, in the in and of the left. You had very passionate debate. There was the notion of the dialectic and the, the and the the crucible uh, uh, of the dialectic. Now it seems that the notion of the left is, is to be all cuddled and nothing else. It it is funny how there's been this weird inversion of what of 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 what it is to have a a political stance. 
Yes, but you're not. What you're not still not doing is you're refusing to imagine what it would be like to be offended. Ooh. Just imagine how you would. You wouldn't be able to sleep at night. <laughs> no, you wouldn't be able to do your studies or your no. homework. Or worse, not being offended per se, but being the... concerned that somebody else might be offended. Offended? No, no, no. It's even. It's it's, it's even more specific. It's not being offended. It's not being concerned that someone else is being offended. It's being concerned that there, it is possible in the current situation that someone else might get offended. Yes. That oh, would stop were... me sleeping at night or being able to do my homework. Oh, there was a, a beautiful example of this yesterday. Um, the, a, a woman had written a, uh, a blog piece about how it's disgraceful that... Uh, People still treat things like tampons as luxuries, blah, blah, blah. And she said, you know, women menstruate, most women menstruate, and therefore to treat it as a luxury is ridiculous, etc. And comparing it with how, uh, for example, things like Viagra are available on uh, NHS and are available in for health insurance and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And and the person who then republished this, I think possibly in a university magazine, had to proviso it with an apology saying, um, we, we understand that not everybody who identifies as a woman has can have periods and not everybody who has periods identifies as a woman uh but we decided to reprint this contentious <laughs> contentiously piece just just because the the points were so important but please forgive the fact that she dares to call <laughs> dares to call people who menstruate women and of course nobody had apollo and nobody had complained but it was like this preemptive oh my god uh, what 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 if what if somebody gets upset that it, it, it suggested that people who menstruate are generally women oh no and i think that you make the point perfectly there generally this is the generally thing and i think someone who does not identify as a woman and still has periods mm. can probably understand for themselves that that's not commonplace exactly i think they're not there's exceptional no sh- they're not the only person clearly but so yes. so, so a, a man who who has periods someone who identifies as a man who has periods surely is equipped to go through life understanding that tampon adverts on tv are going to show women yes but the, right exactly but then they kind of say how dare you but then of course a a, a, a male to female transition say how dare you call those people women i'm a woman and i could never menstruate but but i'm saying it's the generally thing i think every, surely everyone should be equipped just pre-equipped with the, the ability to understand generally but it's all just language really isn't it imagine you weren't allowed imagine you weren't allowed to have the word woman or man or anything then you, you your idea whatever you're identifying with you couldn't say you're just you're just you're just being a particular subset of characteristics. Well, fine. One of them doesn't happen to be menstruating. Okay. Do you know what I mean? There's no... It's people... People have really uh, deified linguistic differences as if they are ontological, and it's ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. Um, You know, this language is causing a problem. Let's get rid of all of it. Okay. Because... It's amazing, and if you, when you when you distill it down, that's what most of these arguments are often about. And you're right; the notion that I think people confuse um, common, commonplace with normal, and then think that therefore the opposite of normal is abnormal, and mm-hmm. therefore you're calling me abnormal. I think we need to deal with that. No, just because you're in the severe minority doesn't mean that I think you should be in a cage and laughed at. 
It just means that you are a minority and therefore it's actually easier to talk about the great majority of women who either who either can or had the potential to menstruate. That doesn't mean that I'm kicking you in the nuts or lack thereof. Um, it's <laughs> just it just means that your turn will come. It's a bit like a, it's a bit toddlery. You know, toddlers say, no, when's my turn? When's my turn? He's like, well, just shush and wait. It doesn't matter. And you, you get, you get that feeling sometimes. So when I'm not saying that you're a freak, I'm just saying that you're unusual and there's nothing wrong with being unusual, but come to terms with the fact you are unusual and that's fine. And discourse will, will take into account the fact you're unusual. Otherwise, we'll have to spend the whole of our lives discussing the provisos with every utterance that we make and that will become very tedious and boring very quickly i don't mind when people make generalizations about things so long as once or once uh, once or twice within the discourse one realizes that they are generalizations that's fine so uh, i think that that can be taught separately from these utterances you don't have to incorporate them into each utterance do you you would hope, yes, but you you need to have the education as to bolster the utterance. So you need you need people need to be taught that the the, the true. I can't speak. I forgot how to speak. I'm so tired. The diversity you need to understand diversity, and then at that point you can then start generalizing again. If yes. you generalize because you if you because you have no clue about diversity, then you're probably still relatively problematic. I think where where it starts from is to realize. That what I find helpful anyway is to realize that there are no hierarchies and that we, we are all conjoined atoms that will then deconjoin one day. It doesn't. So in, in a sense, any hierarchy we make is, is ludicrous. It's like making a hierarchy of sand. It's just nonsense. Um, and once you've, once, once I've got that revelation, then anything else I do is a kind of aesthetic or poetic hierarchy which I'm then more happy to do, uh, realizing the basic ludicrousness of it. I think it's good in a, in an Ecclesiastes sort of sense to realize the ludicrousness of it all and the ludicrous of making such pompous, uh, broad statements of hierarchy and judgment. Uh, as long as you've got that at the bottom of your mind all the time, I think you're okay. It's where you actually elevate these hierarchies into some Manichaean uh, uh, ultimate distinction that there becomes an issue, in my mind at least. So uh, what I'd like to teach everybody is just how worthless they are. <laughs> I think it's very important. And then I say, you need to teach, you need to teach everybody your, that every human is special and has human dignity. No, 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 no. You need to teach them the opposite. You're all a bunch of worthless motes of dust then we can start talking about the fun we can have amidst the dust. See, I but completely, it, completely disagree with you. I know you do because you're a Christian. But you can have, you could reach the same goal without, without uh, this aim of worthlessness. You can have. I worth. think we should all. No, I disagree. I think e we should. If you have yes, equal worth, you can have if, worth. If you start having a hierarchy of worth, then yes, it's problematic again. You can, but I think worth. I think it's. It depends what you build up from. I you 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 can. I build up from worthlessness, whereas you build up from uh, a certain um, existential essential nuministic worth. We're both we're both building up from preordained platforms of equality, but there, there, here's an issue. I mean, why are here a simple question? 
you've decided that men and women are equal. Why is that the case? Why are they equal? Is it because is it a happy accident that they're equal, or is it a plan, a, a very carefully constructed plan that they're equal, or is it a necessary part of the way evolution works that they're equal, or is it a societal construct that they're equal? I would say the latter, because I would say my honest answer is I have no idea if they're equal. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say which side was better than the other if that were the case, because I genuinely don't know. But I think it would be arrogant to claim that I know that women are better than men or men are better than women. Yeah, but you see, that's but the interesting thing. I think society thing. works better if you assume that they're equal. Yeah. OK, that's fine. And I would agree to that to, to an extent. But I go further than you. Yeah. And I, I proclaim the radical equality in that they are men and women are equally worthless in, 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 in the basic sense of the term. In other words, whatever we do and are, the fact that we're here now um, in our contingent situations at this moment means that it's all come out in the wash such that we have to be equally worthful or worthless. Otherwise, we wouldn't equally be here. Um, right. under the, uh, just under the terms, uh, under the kind of existential terms, the fact that we're almost 50 50 and all that kind of thing, just, it kind of proves. Now, it also begs the question when you say, are oh, they worth as well? At what? At doing the washing, at reading maps. So, you know, we, we start then arguing about trivial little things like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so really what you I see, try I to would, say is that my, the, the, my, the, the question, what I try to do is I say the question is meaningless. And then you can talk about things like maps. Well, no, we see, I go the other way, where it's my, I have an answer to what, they're equally deserving of love. And so that's the what. Why? That equally deserving of no love. <laughs> because that, because that's my faith. My faith is that, mm. my belief is that people are worthy, equally worthy yeah, but you, of love. You, but you love very few people. You hate most people, especially hate, people who stand in front of you with their shopping carts. I, I hate that they're doing that. So you um, hate the car, you hate the shopping trolley sin, not the shoppy tro shopping trolley pusher. Can you honestly say that? Hate the twattishness, not the twat. That's what I... Can you honestly say that, though? Um, yes. In the moment? Uh, yes, I can, because I think to hate someone I don't know is irrational and, and ludicrous. I, I think but you can hate something... somebody you do know. Yes, of course. You can, we can really work up to it, but it takes a lot of effort to get to the point of hating someone. Mm. And I can't think of anyone I hate... I can think of people mm. I extremely dislike, but I certainly George can't Galloway. think of anyone I would use the word hate for. Mm. Uh, can you? I'd be surprised. Um, what about Robert Mugabe? Well, I don't know him. I've never met him. I'm aware of his yeah. terrible actions, and I'm aware he's yeah. a terrible person in, in many... It, it, like his, mm. his behaviour is terrible in many distinct and obvious ways. But I can't... I could, no, I couldn't say I hate Robert Mugabe. What about Jimmy Savile? Well, again, what he did was a, his atrocity is horrendous, and mm. the harm he's caused is is um, unimaginable. But no, I don't hate him. Yeah, but that is that an artifice that you're forced to do by know. your faith, or do you actually feel out. it? I'm trying to work that out now. Or is it that we don't? What, what is it that the word? Well, do you hate... hate him? Do you feel hate for Jimmy Savile? Well, it depends. What again? We have a problem. What do we? What do we actually mean by hate? Does yeah, it mean going? <laughs> or does that mean well how about this would you have preferred I, I i don't know is this is this an adequate definition of hate would you have preferred the world if he had not existed in the first place do you wish that he hadn't been created is See, that a good definition of hate i don't think it is i, I would say that the, the good definition of hate would be the absence of love so 
Um, do I really think- is hate the absence of love? Can't that isn't that just neutrality or sanguinity? No, I don't think it is. I think because I think I think you underestimate the the role that love plays in someone's existence. But sometimes one hears the word love and they're the most important thing. Like, what, what do we actually, what? Well, yes, what, okay, beyond poet, a semantic be, black hole. No, but beyond poetry, what, what actually do we mean by that? Because I think different people mean very different things when they use that word. And I sometimes wonder whether love is, is, is one of the most contentiously meaningless words around. Despite think, the fact. I don't think a multifarious meaning equals meaningless. It's very nebulous, though, isn't it? It's, I mean, yeah. Well, it's yes. It's obviously it's obviously a tricky one. <clears throat> I mean, we know that people have argued even within uh, within Christianity. There are different aspects of it. There's agape, and then there's you uh-huh, know, yes. and so so. But but even even ten not taking that into account, when when one says one loves something, isn't that just what's in between having an obsessive desire to keep that in one's life? But I would, because my argument is that love is an action, not a feeling. So love is a thing you do <clears> rather than the thing you feel or, in, you know, so it's like, uh, that's <coughs> why I get so cross when people say they love themselves. You've got, oh, you know, you've got to learn to love yourself. That's, that's, oh, that's, no, no, but like you, you can't, you, apple. You can't, you can love your, yes, you can. You can love yourself with certain actions. Frequently. Okay, you can masturbate, but that's not quite the same. You can't, isn't it? Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, no, I'm being, uh, no, but, but actually, why isn't that? Because I mean, isn't narcissism loving yourself? If you look at yourself in the mirror and say, oh, my goodness, I'm such a prime specimen. I love, love I'm looking at my eyes and I just think, thank heavens the world has me. Isn't that self-love? No, I think it's self-obsession. It's I an act. Love, I think it's love an is act. a thing you, you do to, you give away. So there's, you lose something in doing it. It's you like, have to lose something. So love is an, essentially a sacrifice. So you can't yes. have, so love... Is a zero sum game. Well, no, it's not because you receive equally receive love. So the idea, if you look, the, the Christian model would be the Trinity <coughs> of God. So this mm. is this Trinity that is equally giving love in three, in you know, nine different directions or six different directions. Um, uh-huh. And so it's this kind of self-contained model of love. And then the idea is that we replicate that. So if you, you know, if you are loved and you love others around you. Oh dear, you 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 know what you're beginning to sound like. What do I sound like? <laughs> the, 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 the Beatles song, The End, written by Paul McCartney, where he says, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Well, is that's that true? true? That's just not true. It's not, it's not, it's not it's that's mathematically nonsense. balanced, is it? Well, that's why I asked, is love a, a zero-sum game? In other words, you, is there an, like energy, is there an equal amount, is there a <laughs> fixed amount of love? Well, and that just kind of sloshes about a bit. No. <laughs> that's silly. But that's the problem with the word love. You can yeah, have yeah, people, yeah, people like Paul McCartney can do that. Then you can have John Lennon who goes, love, 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 love is all you need. No, no, love isn't all you need, actually. It isn't. It's, and funny, it actually, it's funny how he was echoing the words of the, the, the Starvation Army back in the 19, America in the 1920s. Yes. Going and around yeah. telling the homeless and, uh, <coughs> they didn't need food and, wa- food and water. They just needed to love Jesus. Well, exactly. And that's the problem with this. He thought he, it, it, but it's the same sort of motivation. He thought he was being a radical uh, hippie, but no, it's the same thing. And, and actually, if you look at it with people like, um, uh, Mother Teresa as well, her notion of love was, well, never mind that you're all crippled or whatever you, as long as you've got love, 
that's all that matters. Never mind the ibuprofen. Um, so that's why I worry that you can take the word love and it can be horribly distorted into mm. some terrible things. Uh, dictators, of course, they always say you need to love the fatherland. And if you don't, you're suspect. Well, so, nationalism and patriotism is based in the same vile concept of loving geography. I, mean, I don't actually like the word love. It's a horrible word, really. Well, we've said it so many times. It's, we, sound, we now sound like we work at Clinton's. We've said it so many times. Love, love. It's a, it is love. a terrible word because it is pretty meaningless, really. You have to be very careful with what you mean because there's a difference between the love of the Vaterland and your love, if you, if you can dare to have it for, uh, for Toby, despite <laughs> his malfeasance. Well, he's, there's an interesting example. I wonder whether you've been whether your opinions opinions of such things have been uh, challenged by judy in that uh <coughs> having a particularly difficult night with toby he'll be screaming like a few nights ago he screamed from 12 to 3 without ceasing um and mm. couldn't be placated and then just the next morning he looks at me and just gives his silly little grin and then uh blows a raspberry and i'm just utter devotion and biological it's biological imperative it's mental joy it's i'm just this thing yes. is just causing me so much pain and 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 and, and tiredness and pain but tiredness and, and and making every other part of my life so difficult and all he has to do is be a little bit silly and i'm just oh my gosh i'll do anything for you yeah okay but what were you thinking about in between 12 and 3 well i wasn't thinking i want him to die certainly you wish it, you, you yeah i mean but what were you but you would did you love him at that point yeah, I, what I what I tend to find is that I'll get angry with him and then catch myself because obviously that's ridiculous. Mm. Um, he's not he's not trying to. It's really this really difficult part. I found the most difficult part I found about parenting is con- stopping myself from b- believing that he's deliberately trying to annoy me. Yes, because um, obviously he's not. And I find mm. that really difficult, especially. But if he okay, but uh, hold on. But one day he will deliberately day, course, he try will to soon, annoy. Yes. And then, and then it'll be okay to hate him. No, then I'll just hate, hate away. No, I mean, <laughs> what I mean is, like, I, I'll get wound up by things I shouldn't get wound up by. I start to feel angry with him, but no, I don't. Start no, I understand laughing. that, but but that's and I've I've also had those moments. We say, oh, don't be ridiculous. This is just. But at some point, when they become teenagers, certainly they will actively try, and their uh, motivation will be to make your life a misery to a certain mm. degree, and to annoy you, and to test you, and to wind you up. Oh, that's going to be really hard. But. At that point, you still have to say, well, even so, uh, this is still a part of, a part of their evolution and it's not a, of course, uh, it's, it's not a devilish uh, malice. And here you come to uh, a real split in the division, uh, the definition of love, because you've got the love that the love I feel for Toby now is I don't have any choice about. I don't get to choose that. Mm. I just, I just can't help it. I just look of at Of course, and, yes. But, then but that's very Laura, biological. Yes. But Laura, I have to choose it. It's not biological at all. No. Um, I mean, there's biological factors to our relationship, but what I mean is mm. my my loving her is a decision I make. It's a, not, it's a choice I, I make. It's not a, a, I don't, it's not like, you know, when you first meet and you're, oh gosh, I can't stop thinking about this yeah, person. Yes, I can absolutely stop thinking about Laura because I see her 80% of every mm. day. Yes. So, um, yeah, so, and I think maybe when they become, kids become teenagers, it, that probably switches over that. Obviously, you'll still have that biological yes. imperative, but I imagine you have to start making a few more choices to love them. I think, uh, well, I don't even know if that's true. I mean, if you think about these people who have terrible children who commit terrible crimes and yeah. so on, and they still love them. And it's almost like 
it's almost the inverse of that. It's almost it causes them pain that they still have to love this entity. If you they still feel the love for this entity that's caused so much trouble, it would almost be easier if they didn't. But then again, a lot of people don't. Those people who who make their children homeless mm-hmm. because they say somebody comes out as gay and they say, right, get out of my house, never speak to me again. Um, or worse, um, those people in Islamic societies where the girl, the girl has dared to be raped so the parents stone her to death. Mm-hmm. That there's no love there. There's no love in any meaningful sense of the term at all. And I wonder whether that tends to become whether you can credit that to the same same way you can credit cycles of abuse. So someone who's capable of physically or sexually abusing their own child, generally mm. that doesn't just pop into their head as an idea and they go ahead and do it. Generally there's a history of abuse and trauma in their life too. Well, so I, I wonder whether know. that's I... Sim- uh, symptomatic, whether that's similar. I mean, you would have thought that in the history of our species, if we had destroyed the lives of our children as a as a commonplace then we wouldn't have evolved uh, because we would have just been nervous yes. wrecks <laughs> but there does seem to be such a prevalence of um some sort of child abuse across so many different cultures and also uh, over history i mean uh, child sacrifice at some stage was the norm and as horrific as that seems to us so the little bubble we're living in at the moment that we think is the natural preordained thing, as you said, the choice of love. Mm. Uh, maybe it's a very, very artificial thing that we have to be very careful to tend well. And and in a sense, it has to be. If you look at the way that children are treated and the the, the way that they're made homeless, I can't imagine the the notion of ever making Judith homeless, forcing her to sleep in a gutter is... It's not just terrific. It's just it's like saying, "Come on now, make that square circle." It just right. doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, let me. But, run a but we know, but we, but, but plenty of people make square circles in that respect. Let me run a scenario by you. She comes home. Mm-hmm. She's sixteen years old. She comes home. She says, "Mummy, mum, mm-hmm. dad, I need to tell you something. Mm-hmm. I've given my life to Jesus." Well, I'm sure Jesus will look after her when, uh, while you, when you make her homeless. That's fine. No, look, she gives her life to Jesus. That's fine because that's a phase. She'll grow out of it. What I really <laughs> worry about is if she comes home and says, "Mum and Dad, I'm a vegan." Oh, I don't, I, I don't oh. know how. I don't know how I'm going to cope with that. Look, obviously that's she's a girl. Harder. Obviously she's a girl. She's going to have a vegetarian phase. That's just that's written into the contract of being a girl. <laughs> whether I don't care whether that girl ever menstruates or not, but if when you're a girl, you have to go through the vegetarian phase. It's the law. Mm-hmm. But vegan is a problem and that that you know i'll have to really struggle with my soul can i <laughs> can i truly love a vegan we <laughs> uh, yeah, are a, a tough decision to make what are you doing for crimble this year we still haven't decided what are you doing um probably have uh, some uh, brisket like we did last year oh and we'll have we'll, we'll have adam huffman over and have a brisket we had brisket on boxing day last year inspired by you it was very good it was good people need to realise how good brisket is as a cut of beef because it's so well lubricated. Exceptionally lovely. It's delish. Mm. But I love turkey, so there. But you do actually love turkey. Do you know what I'm going to do? I am going to get a turkey for Thanksgiving and I may serve it to you if I can be asked to actually give you the proper invitation. (laughs) Well, we were already making Thanksgiving plans at this end. I already warned you, it's too late. No, but we were ahead of you on that. Mm. Okay, well, you can invite us if you want, that's fine. Well, no, we want it. It's about being thankful. (laughs) Uh, 
it's it's interesting. Let me t- let me tell you something about being thankful and, and hating people. Since we're talking about thanks and hates and all uh-huh. sorts of things, so I suddenly had we decided was the topic of this week's episode when we had the yeah. pre-recording meeting. No, but I I suddenly had a revelation. I wonder what it must be like to be a Native American walking around cities and looking at white people, or even to a degree, uh, black Americans. And uh-huh. I had this notion. Um, we we watch Strictly Come Dancing with my grandmother, and there are for some reason there are a lot of Eastern European um, uh, dance the, the professional dance partners are Eastern European. They come from places like Latvia and Lithuania and so on. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had this weird slight hostility towards him. I thought, what on earth is this? Is this Eukipari or is this something else? And I did a little introspection. And I realised the various ones that I was feeling hostile to were were from places that had basically ethnically cleansed all the Jews out and would have probably have run run my ancestors out with pitchforks and pogroms and they were kind of uh, they were kind of the result of it and of course the first thing that's ridiculous about that is the uh, all the sins of the father mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing but there but I still had to acknowledge that there was that strange slight alienated feeling there like you you come from a past that awakens odd feelings in me kind of thing and right. of course i just i did then discounted them immediately um but especially since a lot of these people are being professional da- dancers are as gay as a window and themselves will probably be a complete <laughs> anathema in their societies now um but then i wondered wow if 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 if, if even that fairly tendentious connection awokes uh, uh, awakens um subconscious feelings in me that i then have to deal with what must it be like to be a native american and to look at these very uh well-heeled people pale people in their suvs yes that's interesting and can you and i'm not talking about consciousness i'm talking about unconsciousness there must be something seething there that uh if you probably don't become a deal with consciously and come to terms with consciously could be very problematic. And I think that obviously the same issue with black America as well. And we know that it's there because it hasn't been dealt with. And we know the hatred sometimes bubbles up, which is kind of appropriate, but also kind of, I suppose is why it needs to be made conscious and needs to be brought out in the open and dealt with to a degree. Um, and, there are pl- pl- plenty of um, so similar si- situations across the world. I mean, obviously, the Palestinians would feel that and hate every Jew because of it. Um, have, and we know that to a large degree that's manipulated. But just because it's manipulated doesn't mean it's still there. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems to me that there must be so many substrata of people who feel that. And of course, we know the Scottish feel that to a degree. The Welsh feel that to a degree and so on. Um I just wonder whether it would be healthier just for everybody to kind of have that introspective moment, admit it, or and then purge it. a really spectacular world war. Well, that's going to be happening. We're, we're really you've booked that in for? Well, we're really due one. I mean, come on. Do you think we're really that much of a different people from the first and second? Well, clearly not. But we're also... Uh, the, I think communication is the difference, isn't it? The, being able to talk to America in, instantaneously rather than having to wait a week. Hmm. I think that level of communication makes it much harder for us to... There were telegrams war. before World War Two. Indeed, World War One. There were telegrams in World War One. There were, that's true. So you're screwed. Sorry, we are going to go to war. Are we? Okay. 
Yeah. I'm surprised. I, it's, it's, but, uh, but, look at the way Russia's behaving. Yes. That it's not triggering a war, I think, is really interesting. It, it would have, certainly. R- r- you know, Russia's invading other countries. Yes. It's dropping to... bombs on our allies. Mm. Um, it's blowing up planes in the sky and having its mm. own planes blowed up as it's blown up as it seems to be the case. It's yes. it's making it's doing act of war after act of war, and we're mm. going Russia. Boo. And then Elton John said he wants to have a word with Mr. Putin to tell him to be nice to the gays. Did you see that? Yes, and then they got phoned up by a radio host who tricked him. Yes, but he says he still now wants he's to, speak do to it the real again. Putin. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it. I think all the empires are lining up to start a war now. Uh, the Persian Empire, Iran. The uh, the Turkish Empire, Erdogan's won again and he's rattling. China is is building islands so that it can... It's literally building islands in the middle of the ocean so that it can increase its territorial waters. That's a very clever way of doing it, if you think about it. Mm. Um, guess, oh, I've just built an island over there. That's Chinese. Therefore, suddenly, all the territorial waters around it are ours as well. So you can just build little dotty islands further and further out until your territorial waters extend across the whole of the ocean. <laughs> Japan's soldiers are going into foreign wars for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we clearly, we're, we're massively overdue on. It's a bit like Yellowstone uh, National Park with the... Uh, yeah, with the San Andreas Fault, yeah. And the, no, they're not San Andreas, the Super No, no, Volcano, I mean, and the San Andreas. Fault. Yeah, you know, there are lots of things that are due... Uh, I suppose. What about the poles? The, the notion that it will. Overdue. What's what's overdue? The poles reversing. That's overdue. Yes, yeah. I tell you what else is. I tell you what else is overdue. Um, the resumption of the uh, well, not the resumption of because we are still in an ice age, but the uh, the conclusion of the pause and the resumption of the ice age that we're in. That's overdue as well. If you look at the graphs of the ice age cycle, I mean, I'm just I'm just hoping. To Lord Jesus, that uh, that 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 climate change, global warming is true, so that we can prevent that. Because if if it does start, <laughs> if, if 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 just to offset it, because if um, global cooling does begin as it should, then we are screwed. Well, we aren't. Well, I am. How, oh, because you're living forever. Yes, obviously. We really did pick the right time to be alive, though, didn't we? We did choose well. Yes, it says, says every generation ever since the beginning. Surely the generation watching their teenagers slaughtered in world wars weren't going, hey, pick the right time to be alive. Well, I suppose the one, no, but I think the ones who started the NHS and so on might have said, oh, now is the time to rebuild, etc. What a great time to be alive. Yeah. Perhaps. I can't, Perhaps. I'd love to know. Oh, excuse me. Yes, you are boring me. Um, I'd love to know uh, what, how... The future generations will look back on us and see us as these poor little scraping around in the mud idiots. You assume there'll be future generations? How quaint. <laughs> there speaks hope over reality. There you go. Right, we need to stop because I need a wee. Just do it in your pants. Aww. Do you want to um, Do you want to say goodbye to... Oh, oh, I heard on the radio this morning, guess what's coming back for Crimble before Crimble? Well, I'll tell you what I saw this morning that's come back. What? First episode of the brand new Teletubbies. Oh, right. Exactly the same as the old ones. The message of show mm. repeats. Yeah. Except their, wi- their tummies are in widescreen now. Of course. <laughs> widescreen tummies. <laughs> oh, come along. 
the now show are complaining that uh, people start talking about christmas in november that was there in the trailer that was oh. the, the funny the funny quip funny oh. funny funny the now show <laughs> Everybody, listen to the Now Show when it comes back. Then listen to episode 10. Nothing will have changed. That's right. Shall we say goodbye? Goodbye. Bye.